This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. That was a little while ago that my mom was in the hospital and uh, in need of surgery. Uh, probably getting on years now. And I remember recognizing the, the need it presented with, within our family. Not, not overwhelming, but, but a real need. And my wife said, you know, she'll take care of the boys, our house. I, you know, just go see what you can do. My sister's kind of arranged the schedule. And we uh, took, took turns visiting mom and caring for her and uh, visiting with dad and caring for him. And, you know, just working through the process of, of, of that need that was present in our family. And in the, in the course of that, we uh, asked for prayer. We reached out for some help. And uh, you all were praying for us, praying for my mom. And it was a really encouraging time as we went through that. And we recognized the, the way the church is structured to help care for those needs. That we have a leadership that, that is praying over our, the, the prayer requests that, that come in on our connecting cards. We have the, the prayer list that goes out to the, the group of people from Parkview committed to praying for those needs. We have our connect groups that are a little uh, uh, that operate as a, a nucleus within the the larger family of the church, caring for one another, supporting one another, praying for one another, recognizing those needs. We have a, a meal train ministry that's designed to organize meals for people who've had surgery or have had a baby, things like that. Uh, we have our our care ministry that that reaches out to those who can't attend and visits with them and sends cards to them. There's just so many so many opportunities to care for others within the church. But there are opportunities to care for others outside of the church as well. As we interact with people and we recognize that, that needs are, are present in the world around us, Jesus encountered those who had real needs in their lives. Often in, in the Gospels, Jesus was approached by someone or encountered someone who was in need of healing, and they, they, they asked him for a miracle. There were others who came on behalf of those they, they knew, loved ones, people who in their circle, and they asked Jesus to intervene in their lives and bring healing. We have a couple of stories today to talk about those conversations that Jesus had with people who had real needs and brought them to him. And we learn from that exchange. We learn how Jesus cared for those people in the process, the way he talked to them, the way he, the way he met their needs. And, and we learn about how we approach others in, in the world around us, in our communities. We reach out as we begin conversations, initiate conversations, and, and, and invite people to, to draw closer to the Lord as, as we think about how he can use us in the lives of people. There's a lot for us to learn from him. Let's begin reading John chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you want to open up with me and invite you to read along. The words will be on the screen behind me. If you want to use the YouVersion app, open the app, search under events for Parkview Finley, and you'll find scripture and sermon notes there in the YouVersion app as well. It's verse 46 of John chapter 4. Once more, Jesus visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on the way, his servant met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, 
Yesterday, one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. Now here's a man desperate for help. He's been sitting at the side of his son's bed. Watching his son, his health deteriorate with no hope for recovery. Waiting, watching, expecting this young man to pass away in a matter of time. In desperate moments, the royal official sought out help for his son. He recognized this great need he had no way to address on his own. He heard Jesus was in the area and went looking for him. Reached out for help. And we often reach out for help when we encounter a great need. It's not the small needs that we reach out for. Small needs we, we take care of on our own. Nobody, nobody's calling the church asking for prayer when a light bulb burns out in your house. Oh, please help me. I've got a really dark room. I just need support. need prayer. I'm going to go and uh, see about, you know, put a new bulb in, but just would really, would really like to have you lift this up in prayer. We, imagine how, what our prayer list would look like if everybody called in for all of the small things. <laughs> how long that would be. It, it, the little things we take care of on our own. We handle. We grow in confidence. We, we, we develop a self-sufficiency. And, and sometimes those little things work against us because we, we, we build up this, this pride in, in believing that we can handle most anything that, that we face in this world. We don't need help. And we stop being vulnerable with people. We stop sharing our problems. We stop asking for prayer as we deal with the things. We deal with the hand that life deals us. We, we address those things and handle them ourselves as long as we can. But as self-sufficient as we try to be, every one of us has a point that those small things expand into greater things. That they stack one on top of the other and we find ourselves overwhelmed and in need of help. And that's when we begin to reach out. Maybe you know what this father was going through. You, you've experienced this very same thing, sitting at the bedside of a loved one in the hospital, waiting and watching and praying and hoping for recovery, but watching your loved one struggle and suffer. It's a difficult process. It's overwhelming. It, it, it feels like things are just absolutely out of your control and you, you feel a little helpless. Maybe the, the health concern you're dealing with was your, is your own health, and you've been to the hospital yourself, been to the doctor's office, and received news that confronted you with your own frailty or mortality, and, and you're left wondering how to deal with the condition that you're in. Maybe for you, it's, it's family that's creating a great need in your life. As a parent, you're watching your kids who are hurting, and you don't know how to step in. You don't know how to resolve the problem. And, and, and as a parent, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to see your kids hurting and feel helpless to resolve the issues. Maybe, maybe you're a parent who's, who's watching your kids make a series of bad choices. You're trying to steer them down a better path, and, and you realize that the more that you say to them, 
the less they want to hear your voice. The more that you try and influence them, the farther away that they feel. And you're worried that you're going to push them away entirely. And you're not sure how to help guide them. And you want some help, you want some support, you want some advice, but you just don't know what to do next. Maybe you have relatives that you care about, but you just can't seem to make peace with, and you feel alone and overwhelmed. Maybe, maybe your marriage has been, been better. And try as you might, everything you say, everything you do seems to, to make things worse. And you just don't know what to do. Maybe your, your great need is financial. You had a big unexpected bill and you have no idea where you're going to come up with the money. Maybe you got a little behind in some smaller bills and now the, the weight of that debt is overwhelming. Maybe your great need has to do with a job. You've been passed over for a promotion. And you're not entirely sure what to do to continue succeeding and feeling fulfilled in your job. Maybe you found out someone that works with you has been deliberately undermining you, cutting the legs out from under you. And while you thought they were a friend, they've been eroding your reputation in the workplace. And you feel hurt and betrayed. When great needs show up in our lives, when, when things are bigger than we can handle, that's, that's when we reach out for help. We reach out for support. We, we want to know that we're not alone dealing with the things that we're dealing with. We want to find comfort. We want to find answers and solutions. Ultimately, we're looking for hope when we're in an overwhelming situation. This is true for each and every one of us, whether we're dealing with this big need now or we've dealt with a great need in the past. We've been in that place feeling overwhelmed and reaching out for help. Now, I began with us the shared experience that we all have so that we would understand that while this is true for us, it's true for every other person in the world. Every person we encounter that we try and initiate a conversation with has at some point in their lives experienced a great need or is currently going through something terribly difficult and they're not entirely sure how to handle it. And when we begin a conversation, we are face to face with this great need because it's pressing on their lives. It's presenting itself overwhelmingly they can't think about anything else they can't think about doing anything else until this thing gets resolved and they're reaching out for help to you and to me because we're present in their lives we need to be prepared for that we need to be ready and understand that they're reaching out in the same way that we have reached out looking for comfort looking for answers looking for support and ultimately looking for hope. When Jesus encountered this royal official, he was up against a great need that he had no idea how to resolve. His, his son was dying. Can you imagine how desperate that feeling would be? And he reached out to Jesus. And the answer that Jesus gave him was unexpectedly harsh. Unless you people receive a sign, receive signs and wonders, you will never believe. So, but, but my son, come and heal my son. He, I, I wouldn't suggest in your conversation with people that you begin, especially people you don't know, with this kind of harsh response to people. It, yet Jesus knew exactly what this man needed to hear. And in his perfect wisdom and knowledge, pointed this man to understand that the need in his life was real and overwhelming, but it wasn't as big as the spiritual need in his life. He's bigger than that. 
It just means it's about believing in Jesus as the Messiah, as the Son of God. Unless you people receive signs and wonders, you'll never believe. That's a negatively leading statement. Let's think about what that means for us when we read it positively. When you receive a sign or a wonder, then you have the opportunity to believe. Jesus was addressing this man and, and reminding him of his greater need. The royal official begged Jesus to come so the son would live, and Jesus said, go, your son will live. And we see the beginning of belief in him. This man who came to Jesus, who was reaching out for a miracle. And when Jesus said, go, he took him at his word and left. I, I wouldn't have. If my son was dying and I, I, I could go and talk to Jesus and say, I need a miracle. I need you to save my son. And Jesus said, just go ahead and go home. He'll be fine. No, 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 no. I need you to come with me. I want to see this happen. I want to make sure that my son's okay. But this man believed in Jesus so much so that he acted on his belief. And he walked away from Jesus to go home so that he could see his son. And on his way home, his servants met him. As he was traveling a long journey, they met him and said, your son's alive. Well, when? Well, it was about one o'clock yesterday. He's like, that's, that's the exact time I spoke to Jesus. You imagine the impact that that experience with Jesus had on his family. What we read is his whole family believed. He went home and told them about how he encountered Jesus, the things that Jesus said to him. And he made an impact on everyone in his household, his whole household believed. Now, households operated differently in biblical times. And we read uh, historical accounts of, of the you know, a patriarchal society and the, the, the very strong position of the head of household. And, and it, it's very common for uh, the head of household to dictate what everyone who belongs to that house would believe, whether they're family or servants. Everyone would, would have to comply. But this situation... As he came home, found his son alive, and he shared his experience with everybody who's gathered around celebrating this life, this recovery, this miracle. They believed in Jesus, every one of them, and he had an impact on the lives of his family because of his experience with Jesus. Each and every one of us has a home with family that we have the unique position to influence with our experience with Jesus. We have an opportunity to draw them closer to the Lord. And that's a difficult process. It's not always an easy thing to bring up religion with family, yet each and every one of us is uniquely positioned to have an influence that nobody else can have in our homes. Fathers, husbands, this is even more true for you. Scripture tells us that we are the spiritual heads of our homes, and we have a responsibility to our wives, to lead them spiritually, to encourage their faith. We have a unique responsibility to our children to ensure that they come to know Jesus Christ, to lead them by our example. And dads, husbands, I know this is a hard thing. It's, it's difficult to talk about our feelings. It's difficult to open up and be vulnerable. It's difficult to share our experiences. And, and for some reason, it's especially difficult with the people who are closest to us. I don't know why that is, but it is true. We have a hard time talking about things under the surface. But we have also been given this incredible responsibility from God to lead our homes closer to him. And the way that we do that is by telling them about our experiences with the Lord, talking with our wives and children about 
our personal experience in our, our, in our devotional time, our quiet time with the Lord, about what God is teaching us about, about how God is, is addressing the things in our lives under the surface, about how he's guiding our decisions and, and expanding our hearts to know him better. And we become an incredible example in our homes to help our, our, each one of our wives and children grow closer to the Lord. We, we have this opportunity to talk about what, what God is doing in us, and we cannot neglect that for their sakes, this responsibility that God has given us. This man, this, this royal official went home and made an impact on his family, but he also had an opportunity to make an impact on his community. He is a, a royal official. We're not told who he serves or what. We know in Capernaum it would have been a Roman colony. Very likely he serves a, a Roman official. He's working among other royal officials. He has uh, other people who are serving in that area. He has the leader that he's serving with. He has influence in the community. He has this, this unique position to talk about the experience he had of Jesus interacting in his life, bringing about a miracle, this, this sign or wonder that, that produced a belief in him about Jesus that he could talk to everyone he encountered. Think about the excitement and joy of having his son restored to life, who was on the verge of death, how he would have wanted to tell everybody he encountered the power of Jesus that he had witnessed himself is a testimony, a story about his personal experience with Jesus. That's what a testimony is. And he has this incredible testimony. It's no different than what you and I have a story about our experience with Jesus, a story about forgiveness, a story about prayer, where we saw God answer our prayers and intervene in the lives of our loved ones, about healing that, that took place. We have these stories to tell about our experience with Jesus. We have testimony to share with our family, with our loved ones, with our community. And we've been positioned uniquely to carry these stories into the world around us. And we've been positioned uniquely to interact with people who have great needs, who could have a similar experience with Jesus to talk about as well. People who are reaching out for help. People that we encounter that we can talk to about our experience to help them draw closer to the Lord and experience the same kind of thing. And then their life becomes a testimony in the world around them. And on and on it goes. And we have this opportunity to use our experiences to comfort people and draw them closer to the Lord. That's what Paul tells us in the book of Corinthians, that God's the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort the others in their times of trouble. This is what we're talking about, encountering people with great needs and talking to them about how God has comforted us and, and allowing them to draw close to the Lord and be comforted by him. But that's not always the reaction that we have to people in great need, is it? When, when, when we're approached by someone, especially someone we don't know, who says in the grocery store, um, I'm sorry to bother you, but I don't have the money to pay for the groceries in my cart. Could you, could you help me buy these groceries? Someone that, that approaches you to say, I've got this, this bill for rent that's overdue. Can you, can you help me pay this bill? Now, those things don't happen very often, but we encounter people with great needs in their lives all the time who are reaching out for help. And when we hear these needs from people, we often falter. I do. I often get, get nervous, un uncertain about how to respond, wondering how I can help, worried that the help I have to give won't be enough. And that if I don't have enough to help them with their financial need, if I don't have enough to help them with the, the burden that they're carrying for their loved ones, that, that I am going to discredit God because of my inadequacy, because I can't fulfill the need that they have, they're going to look at me as the one that God is using in their life and failing. 
And that because of that, they're going to have a negative reaction to the presence of God in their lives. It's a struggle for me because I'm a fixer. I'm a troubleshooter. I like to think analytically about problems and resolve those problems. And I like to help other people by doing that. It's just the way I'm made. Maybe you're that way too. When someone says, here's a problem, I say, well, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do any one of those things that will solve your problem. In fact, I've got some time. Let me do that for you. And I like to help people with the things I know how to do. And I like when people say, hey, that was great. Thank you for that. And I feel fulfilled. And sometimes I feel gratified in a way that probably I shouldn't be because I want to be the one to help take care of their needs. And every time I step in and take care of something for someone, I build gratitude and dependency on me instead of pointing them to the Lord. Every time we encounter someone with a great need, we have an opportunity to, to, to care for them in a way that helps them draw closer to the Lord. And we can't do that if we're taking the credit for, for helping them. What we need to do, instead of worrying about solving their problems, is helping them recognize the need you have is bigger than that. The need that you have isn't just about what you're going through. It's not just about the health of your, your, your relatives. It's not just about the financial burden that you're dealing with. The need that you have in your life has to do with understanding how God can work in your life through this thing that you're going through. And I want to help you come to see how God will walk with you through this need. Every one of us needs to be confronted at some point in our lives with the way that we're living, with, with changes that need to be made so that we can live according to the way God is calling us to live. And, and if you're like me, that change is not easy to make when everything is easy, when everything is right, when everything is normal. We get in habits, we get in routines, and we continue in that pattern until something disrupts that routine. Why would we make a change when everything is easy and comfortable and right? When great needs present themselves in our lives, it is an opportunity for us because life is already disrupted to make a significant change. And need is a unique opportunity for us to allow God to work in our lives and make big changes that we know need to be made. And, and when we encounter people with great needs, it is a unique opportunity for us to help them see how their lives can change with a relationship with the Lord, how God will walk with them through the difficulty that they're facing, how, how God will meet them in that need, maybe even through us, as we can, we can say, here's what I have to offer. God has put me in this position to bless you, but I want you to know I feel compelled by the Lord to, to help you in this way. It's not me, it's him working through me, but there, there's a little more I want to do for you in the process. And we have an opportunity to care for people specifically First, by listening to the problem that they're going through. Not just saying, yeah, yeah, I know you need some money. Here's some money. I hope God bless. I'll be praying for you. No, stop and listen. Hear about what's going on in their lives. Ask about the impact that's having on their family. Clear how what the, all the stuff that you had planned and, and take some time to focus and, and care for them by listening. Second, encourage them. After you've heard about the things that are going on, take a moment just, just to speak into their lives about who they were made to be by the Lord, even if they don't believe in God, to help them gain some perspective and to encourage them in the midst of the crisis they're dealing with. Third, pray for them. And prayer is a way to encourage them, but there's more to prayer than just encouragement. As you, you point them to depend on God, as you point them to understand his presence in their lives and how he will supply for them through the difficulty that they're facing. And then fourth, you have an opportunity to provide care in some way. 
and not feel the burden to resolve the need personally, but to help point them in the direction of dependence on God as he walks with them through that need. When we care for the needs of others, we help them see the heart of Jesus. We help them see who he truly is, his love for them, his care for them. And in order for us to do that, we have to get out of the way. We have to acknowledge the way that he's working. And that, in fact, he has brought us in their path for the specific purpose. And as we're caring for them, we get to talk about the hope that we have in him. We get to talk about our experiences with him. We get to talk about the way he has changed our lives so that we can help draw them into him and see their lives changed in the same way as well. See how his hope will sustain them through that difficulty. And the important part of this process as we pray for them is to invite them to pray with us. Not just say, I'll be praying for you later, but to pray right here and now and encourage them as they're going through their difficulty to keep praying and watching for the way God will meet them in that need. And as they're walking through that need and coming out on the other side, to keep praying with them and point them back to the way God met them in their needs so that they can see his hand at work, so they can see the miracles that he is doing in their lives and thank him for the way that he is intervening, for the way that he is caring for them and answering their prayers. What a powerful way to let God use us to impact the lives of people we encounter. We learn these things from Jesus in his encounter with this royal official. There's another story in the book of Matthew. Jesus encountered a centurion who had a servant who was paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. He came and, said, and, and gave this news to Jesus. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, I don't deserve to have you come into my house. I'm a man of authority. I work, I'm in the army. And I, when, as a commander, when I say go, the soldier goes. When I say come here, he comes right now. When I say go and do this, he goes and does it. Jesus, if you say he's healed, that's all I need. I know he'll be healed. That's how authority works. Jesus was amazed and said, truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith Go, let it be done, just as you believed it would. His servant was healed at that moment. I summarized some of that story. The idea is that what we learn from this centurion is about prayer. This, this centurion who was unique among his people, a Roman, a leader, part of the army, and yet instead of turning to the pantheon of Roman gods, he turned to Jesus. Instead of treating his servant like a slave, like a tool, he cared about this person who served. And he brought this need before Jesus and, and asked him for help. And how did he do it? He walked up to Jesus and said, my servant's at home paralyzed, suffering greatly. And he left it at that. Jesus is the one who offered to come and heal him. And we've been given this incredible gift through Christ, to approach the throne of God with confidence, to present our requests to him and allow him to work in our lives, allow, allow this, this conversation to happen in prayer. It's an incredible gift we've been given through Christ. And when I have needs in my life and I present them to God, you know what I do? I start telling God how he needs to solve those problems for me. <laughs> Can you believe that? How arrogant I am. To, to go for it, God, my, my, when, when my mom was sick, God, my mom's in the hospital. She's going to have surgery. I want you to, to heal her. I want you to, you to 
help her recover. I want you to work in the, in the, the lives of the doctors. I want you to work through this surgery and bring, put everything back right. Put it the way it's supposed to be, God. <laughs> the centurion took his need before the Lord. And instead of demanding, instead of instructing, instead of asking, all he did was say, my servant is suffering and paralyzed. And he left room for God to work in the way that God will work. Now, certainly when I pray, I'm not as blunt as that with the Lord. I, you know, I, I, I present my request and say, God, however, however you, your will be done. If, if it's your will that this would happen, let it be. If it's something else, let that be. But, but what would happen if we began to pray with this, this correct view of authority? That we would trust the word of the Lord so much so that we would believe that when he says go, we would go. When he says it is done, it is done. And we can present our request to the Lord and walk away in confidence, knowing that those things are in his hands, knowing that the needs we have that are so overwhelming are in his court, and that he's going to care for us through those needs. He's going to supply what we need through those needs. He is going to walk with us through those needs. And we will get to see his power working in our lives, in the lives of those we care about, working to bring about change in us and draw us closer to him. And this is what we have to offer those who are currently dealing with significant needs in their own lives, this confidence in God that will inspire faith in them to believe, to have faith, to open their hearts up to see what God will do in their lives and learn to submit to his authority. Every person that we encounter, we have an opportunity to help them draw closer to the Lord and, and begin developing a faith in him, to begin developing just the beginning of a relationship with him and to see him working in their lives and creating this testimony of their experience of how God worked in them. Right now, as we close the sermon, I want to invite you with me to pray for someone in your life who has a great need. We all know somebody who's dealing with something big right now. I want to ask you to pray for them and also to pray for you, that God would create an opportunity for you to care for them in a way that will draw them closer to him. I want to provide a time just to pray out loud or silently, and then after a, a moment, I'll, I'll close that word of prayer and bring us to an invitation. Would you please bow your heads with me? God, I, I pray that you would make yourself known in the lives of the people around us, that in their need, they would see you. And God, I pray that you would use us to point them to you. I pray that you, you would bring us to the right moments, to the right conversations, to the, to the right situations where we can, we can talk about our hope in you, where we can talk about our experiences in you, and that you would use us in an incredible way. Use us in a way that we, we, we don't even expect, God, that you would intervene and that we would surrender to your authority. We would allow you to lead us in those moments as you draw each one of us closer to you. God, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning, I want to invite you to make a decision personally about your relationship with Jesus. If you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior, that you would recognize your need for him. 
I also want to challenge you as you think about that person in your life that you would step forward into, into their lives, that you would trust God to work through those interactions and see how he draws both of you closer to him.